0: Splash hit, oh yeah. And he
1: hits one high. He hits one deep. McCovey called. Uh Oh! oh, oh. Well, they can put a number up with a splash hit. Nice high down. And they (laughs)
0: are. got a splash hit. And that was a water shot. High drive to right. Headed to the water. It is on Game
1: is over! Hello and welcome to Splash Hits, the UK Giants podcast. I'm your host Ash Day and today I'm joined by the usual gang, Dave, Charlie and Ben. Um, if you guys want to say hello, I'll swing around to Dave, Charlie and Ben first.
2: Hi, how's it all going everyone? Good to be here.
0: Hi, Irish. All right, Ash, um, hopefully you've recovered from what happened at the weekend. Don't know what
1: you're talking about, Charlie. This is only a positive Giants podcast, this episode. With uh, with that said, uh, we've got a lot to talk about. The last episode of Splash Hits was back in early May, so the Giants have been on the road, they've been at home, they've won a few games, they've lost a few games. So we're going to talk about a bit of everything. Uh, before we get into the post-mortem of the Dodgers series that ended yesterday, I'm going to talk to the guys about what we liked from the Giants in the last couple of weeks or so. Um, As I said, they've won a few games and they were doing pretty good. Um, So I'm going to go to Ben, Charlie and Dave. If you guys want to highlight something you've really liked about the Giants these last couple of weeks since the last episode.
3: Hi, Rush. Yeah. The thing that I've, enjoyed most this season and definitely in the last two or three weeks is that Buster Posey, you know, he had a hot start on opening day but he could have easily tailed off and and he's not, you know, I think there was one of the home runs he hit um, the bat speed was just remarkable, you know, quicker than I'd ever seen him have that bat speed I think I was one of the people that when he had the hot start just sort of was crossing my fingers hoping that it stayed and not really expecting it to carry on uh, and I like the way that they've they've rotated him in and out so that Ackler has you know given him plenty of off days and that seems to be keeping him uh, fresh. You know, having him in the lineup, I think, you know, on opening opening day he was hitting seventh, now he's sitting up there in third. I just for all Giants fans, you know, he's probably if he's not your favourite player, he's your number one or two, then just to see Pastor Posey enjoying his baseball, playing well,
0: it's just good to watch. It's a pleasure to watch, definitely. Uh, yeah, for me, it's been the Stark rotation um, on the previous splash hits. We highlighted how well they were doing at the time, and unfortunately, I know results haven't gone their way recently. But throughout the whole road trip, they were all generally pitching well. With the with unfortunately Quato excused, the uh, other four, including even Logan Webb, was putting out up some solid outings before his injury. And even I know we're going to go into it in a bit more detail shortly, but There there were a few positives to take away at the weekend and that is Scott Kazmaier being the sixth starter and doing his bit for the three innings he was out there as well. But Kevin Gaussman continuing to roll along. I think you can make a safe argument that he's a top five pitcher in the NL. I know some people say that's a bold take, but if you look at the advanced analytics, you look at the traditional metrics, you look at the way his pitches move, I think there's a really good argument there. Alex Wood as well. He solidified himself as a number two. And going back to previous splash hits again, I know we were having the discussion there saying at the time he was a number two and we were all hoping he could keep it together. And I know Di Scalfani, yeah, all right, yesterday was yesterday. But before that, you can't argue with the season he was having either. And those guys are the reason that the Giants have maintained um, a really good record in the NL. Even though they lost yesterday, they've still got a top three, four record in the NL. And the, pitch, the starting pitchers should be really proud of the season they've all put in. And I've just got some stats in front of me. And as a, as a staff, they've got a 2.88 ERA on the season, which is third best in all of baseball. So you can't argue with how well they've all done.
3: Does anybody know which two teams have a a better ERA than that? Because I do. And it's a bit disappointing. It's the Bodgers and the Padres.
1: Ah course it had to be
2: <laughs> well bringing up the Padres uh, my uh, positive will have to be seen as I uh, said that they weren't as good as they think they are last time and that uh, the Giants have sort of uh, held them to that and we are five and four against them so can't be better than that they're not as good as they say clearly are they <laughs> they might be sat top now but they've just uh, used the good timing of playing the Mariners as well Giants and Dodgers were playing, so it'll come around back around again.
1: Yeah, we'll get our <laughs> chance. We'll get our chance. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, everything you guys have said is there is, has been a lot of positives about the Giants these last few weeks. My biggest positive, I just can't believe Brandon Crawford is leading the team in home runs. Who would have foreseen that? That's absolutely crazy. Um, every time I watch him, he seems to hit a home run. So I need to tune into a few more Giants games live, I think. Brilliant. So, yeah, we've touched on some uh, some good stuff about the Giants. But before we get into the, shall we say, the bad stuff that happened recently against the Dodgers, I believe, Ben, did you make a, a guest appearance with some uh, UK baseball royalty lately? Do you want to tell us about that? I did, and you can
3: find it on the Apple App Store or wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, via the Johnny and Josh show. Um, Behind Home Plate, episode 11. They do a podcast which is talking about all all the teams, but also about fantasy baseball. So uh, as a fantasy player myself, we we talked a little bit about fantasy players to pick up and some Giants players to pick up. And also we just talked about the hot start that the Giants have had. Um, It's hosted by uh, Johnny Gold. I think that's the pronounced surname, who many people will know from Channel 5 Baseball before my time, but I was aware of him. It's two really nice guys, know their stuff, good laugh. Uh, So yeah, if you give them guys a a like and a follow and uh, you can listen to me there talking for half an hour about Giants baseball. And they were very complimentary about the
1: the team. That's what I was just about to say. I hope they treated you and the Giants very well on on your appearance.
3: Uh, Other than saying that they thought we had an easy start to the schedule, (laughs) which is true. But uh, yeah, they were very complimentary.
1: Good, I'm glad. Okay, well, shall we get into the meat of the the most recent series? This this trip the Dodgers came came into Oracle Park. They sadly swept the Giants all three games. Um Charlie, did you say you were witness to every single minute of
0: these brutal three games? I did Ash, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> you um, poor soul. I I did watch the first two games. Well, I watched the second game kind of until about the fourth inning and then went to bed and then picked up the day after. Uh, first thing I watched, sorry, first game I watched after the event just due to lateness of it and the third game yesterday I did unfortunately catch live. Um let so let's be positive that The first two games, the Giants were in it for a a lot of those games. You can't really fault Alex Wood in the first game. He makes one mistake pitch to, unfortunately, the hottest dodge around in Max Muncy. He puts it over the wall, um, and that's the offense. And our offense just didn't do enough to uh, back him up and get him at least a no decision, which was the least he deserved. And all right, he did allow traffic uh, throughout pretty much every inning, but he did work his way out of it as well. and. The bullpen in that game did their part as well. Um, just having a look at the box score, uh, Zach Littell, Caleb Berrigar and Yarlene Garcia, who's who up to yesterday was having a good bounce back as well. Um, so the Dodgers were weak against lefties. So that's why Cap was using them quite a lot in this series for anybody else who was wondering. So game one, yeah, Alex Woods did everything he could. I don't think you can really fault him. Um, we found out why they're paying Trevor Bauer forty million dollars this season, in case anyone was wondering, that we unfortunately got the best of him. Uh games two and three, uh game game two. Again, the Giants just didn't do enough offensively. And uh Walker Bueller, what can you say? Um for me, second best pitcher in the NL behind Jacob de Grom, four pitches, he can spot them anywhere at any time he wants. And scarily, how, right, how he's only about, I think, 25, 26 as well. Again, when he's at his best, uh, the only pitcher we have who can really equal him out, in my opinion, is Kevin Gaussman. And he pitched against Cincinnati, so he wouldn't have, he was unavailable for this series. And I know we all hate to give the Dodgers credit, but you've got to give credit where it's due. Uh, he He did his job. They did their job. We did put some more runs on the board in that one. And then yesterday the Sclafani horror show and as crook and Kipe said um, he didn't not every pitch he made that they got a hit on was a bad pitch a lot of them were really lucky hits where they just found an inside pitch found some grass and that was it and it was just a nightmare after that and it just got completely out of control and unfortunately the grand slam for me was the one that was the nail in the coffin but I will say this about the Giants five runs. Uh, without reply so they did get say like they did get the last say so to speak in terms of uh, scoring runs and getting runs on the board and they played to last out and in that situation that's all you can really ask for I know crook and quite was saying um ideally you want to get them to at least the point where they were getting Kenley Jansen ready in the bullpen they didn't quite do that but they did get um Blake and like I can't remember whether he came into the game or not, but he was getting warmed up to come into the game at the very worst. So that was a small victory in itself. And there's a few positives at least that can go away on. And they still do have the third best record in the NL and are in possession of the second wildcard spot. So, okay, it's a damage to pride. It is a bit of a humiliation by your rivals, which you never like. But bigger picture, it doesn't take away anything from what they've achieved coming into that series.
1: Yeah, and we get a lot more opportunities to get our revenge as well. We play the Dodgers a bunch more times. It is funny, actually, looking at how the games went. And after yesterday's early hammering, it felt like the whole series was just an absolute beatdown. But if we go back to that game one, it was a close game. We only lost 2-1. We did see, unfortunately, Trevor Bauer at his best. um, But we also saw him at his best pantomime villain. His little antics it's definitely ignited the rivalry what did you think about that dave uh
2: yeah. yeah it was interesting yeah like charlie said i don't mind losing a game if we're in it and you're not being blown out you don't you know game one we were in it the whole game game two we we're in it most of the game game three we came back at the end we fought we started to fight back and that's what you like to see and we, like you say we play them. i think it's 19 times over the course of the season you know they're gonna beat us lots but we're gonna beat them lots as well hopefully so uh it should even out uh as we go forward and like you say we were in those games and we sort of came back so i'm not too down about it and you look at our record and, you know it's one series we lost the series to the rockies i mean that's terrible you know losing a series to the Dodgers ain't the worst thing that can happen is it so yeah I'm, I'm I'm still positive about it like you say we're still in the race and like you say the Padres will play the Dodgers and hopefully will capitalize on that and when we play the Padres the Dodgers will no doubt capitalize on it as well so you know there's still a long way to go and the Giants are doing fantastic as for Bauer, the pantomime villain I mean <laughs> i don't mind it you know the you could see it was coming he was gonna do it i kind of agreed with uh kruko was it kruko and he said it was weak when he did that whole sword thing that just looked sad that the was sword perfect, is so dumb <laughs> that was perfect but you know i think what a lot of people on social media and they look at jack and go, oh, if he was if he was on your team you'd love it It was like, yeah but a lot of the people don't dislike him for his on-field stuff it's his off-field stuff he's just not a person that i personally can like and i know a lot of giants fans a lot of san francisco people just can't get behind a person like that off the field to be able to support them on the field so you know i think people need to realize that but as for the in-game like giving it the old ear and all that yeah fair enough whatever i'd rather that than the obnoxious padres
1: (laughs) Padres are public enemy number one this year, are they?
2: They are.
1: A, <laughs>
2: they just seem just obnoxious to me, isn't it? I, 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 it? It reminds me of like, you've got a little brother. You've got a cute little brother. Oh, he's nice. He's got a little cute little brother. And then he gets a bit older and you think, you are annoying. You know, you've turned into a right little get Just bog off, you obnoxious little sod, you know? <laughs> and before anyone thinks I'm having a go to my brother, I am the little brother in my family. <laughs> but that's what it feels like. You're like, oh, yeah, Padre's all right. And now they're just like, ah, oh, go away, you obnoxious little sod.
1: <laughs> it's like they've stopped, they've stopped being a little kid at the NL West and yeah. now they're, they're like the moody teenager and they've got opinions and they're going to tell you yeah. their opinions. And we don't like that anymore.
2: They haven't been there long enough <laughs> to be in that conversation yet. You can be rivals with everything. Just give it some time. Don't force it. <laughs> anyway, back to the Dodgers and over, to, <laughs> over the back.
1: Now, I, I like what you said about uh, yeah, the Padres and the Dodgers are going to chip away at each other, and I don't think any, not many people expected us to be in the race two months into the season. So, if we can hang around and those two take take games off each other, we. The longer we stick around, the better, and it makes this race more interesting. Staying on the topic of being positive in this Dodgers series, um, Ben, you're a resident Austin Slater fan, and he hit his fifth home run of the season yesterday. Can you see greater things in Slater's future, his near future specifically?
3: He's heating up. I'm telling you now, if he's heating up. Watch out, Mike Tuckman, he's going to take your spot in the roster every day. Uh, Yeah, no, I hope so, because I feel like we need someone out there to just, you know, like Brandon Crawford's had a couple of weeks where he's carried the team, and Posey's had a week here or there where he's carried the team, and then nobody carried the team for three days. So, you know, we've got two against Arizona, who I think have lost nine in a row. So if somebody can hop against some of their bad pitching, uh, and then carry that on into the Dodger series, where we've got four against them. You know, if it's Slater, that'd be great. But I think Slater or Dickinson, one of them has to, you know, carry the team now for a week because, you know, they're, they're probably playing just slightly below expectation. Um, but, yeah, it was, it's a shame his home run didn't count for much yesterday. But, you know, it's good to see him, even if it's just for the confidence, if nothing else, uh, got that one in. And not just on the Dodgers and my thoughts on Trevor Bauer. I just think he's a bit of a prick. Um, and it's not because of the antics. It's just like, it just seems very scripted. The whole sword and cup in the ears. Like, like when we had Muncie and uh, Bumgardner, it was two guys who just had a problem with each other in the moment, you know. And, and it's ours, very pantomime villain. I think he even said the quote, they're not going to like me anyways. So I might as well cut." for it. And it just all seems a bit fake. It's like, you don't really hate us. You just, doing it it's just to get a few laughs and a few jeers. Just, you know, just just fuck off, really. Um, if, you know, it just pisses me off, he does. Just, and he's got a face. I don't like his face. I don't like him. That's why when we was linked with him in the summer, uh, signed him to a contract, I wasn't too keen. Um, and I didn't even know much about the stuff he says off the field. I've come to learn a bit of it. You know, I don't really care too much about what people are like off the field. You know, that, everyone's their own person and they've all come from different places in the country or in the world. There's going to be a lot of different personalities, but he just seems like an attention seeker and that that's quite annoying.
1: Yeah. He's, he is a total enigma in some respects because like, I think what you said about him being like fake, the whole hate me thing, it's just not authentic. Like, you know, when, when a rival player really gets on your nerves for the right reasons, then that's that's real you know you you can have real emotion to it but he his whole thing about wanting to be disliked it's so strange it's so weird and it's it's not authentic and he's trying to buy, like he's all about brand bower, and he's trying to like build that brand of hate and it's like well this isn't cool this isn't like yeah. fun um which is really weird because he he's clearly like a massive lover of baseball the way he talks about his craft the way he talks about pitching is Is actually like amazing to listen to, but then you listen to all the other rubbish that comes out of his mouth, and you think, "Yeah, I'm actually quite glad the Giants never signed him because he's he's totally loopy." Yeah, and he's and he's so good
3: as a pitcher. You know, if he was just a little bit less annoying, you'd go like you'd look at him as like someone like Jacob Degrom or Shane Bieber and just appreciate him for who he is. And the Dodgers at the moment. We're not meant to like the Dodgers, and no, I don't like the Dodgers. They don't have that many unlikable people. Yeah, Let's be honest, on their team, they don't. Uh, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, um, even Kershaw, uh, Walker Bueller, they're not unlikable. Him and Julio Urias are probably the two that I don't particularly like, and out of a whole roster, you know. And, but he, him, it's just because he wants to not be liked. all right. So maybe he's, he's not listening. I know he's not, but if he was, he'd go, ha-ha. I've, you know, this is what I wanted, but uh, yeah, not for me.
1: Yeah, I get yeah, and I think exactly what you said. The rivalry has always been a little bit um, because yeah, I, I like some of the Dodgers players. I, I, it sounds weird to admit that as a Giants fan, but like Clayton Kershaw, I have admiration for Clayton Kershaw. I mean, I loved it when he choked in the playoffs a lot. That was even better. But you can't, you can't deny he's a he's a hall of fame pitcher. He's he's amazing and he's kinda of likable in that respect. So maybe Bauer, you know, he's he's not authentic in his in us hating him, but it, it's helped the rivalry. The fans were giving him real reception. So uh yeah. Let's see how it gets on the rest of the season, definitely. Um are we finished up on the Dodgers? Does anybody else have anything else they'd like to add on the last Dodgers series?
0: Just a quick point, Ash, there. Um, I think you made a great point. Ben made a great point about comparing Kershaw to Bauer because. Um, like when Bueller, for instance, got out of a jam, like he, he went, yes, but it wasn't like in a disrespectful way. It was like, just, he was that relieved to get out of the situation and like, you could tell like he was just hyped up and we understand that and we don't take it in the wrong way and we accept that. But obviously with the theatrics, Bow was putting on, like, as Ben was saying, it was the complete opposite. So I think going forward, like Bueller's going to be kind of the Kershaw kind of calming, sensible, um, ace influence, whereas Bauer's going to be kind of the uh, pantomime villain, as Dave put it.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's what we'll see. And uh, to just end on end on one more positive note, Donovan Solano is back. He's back in the lineup. I think he had two hits yesterday. He had two hits on Saturday as well. So I think a, a healthy Donovan Solano really helps the Giants line-up, and he seems to have picked up where he left off. He's still hitting, so Let's see how he gets on in Arizona, which brings me on to our next segment. We've got a preview for you of the Arizona Diamondback series. Um, No game tonight while we're recording on this Monday night, but uh, they're in Arizona for two games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, I'm going to swing around the team. I'm going to go to Ben, Dave and Charlie about what you guys are looking forward to in this Arizona series.
3: Hopefully a two-game sweep, just like when uh, Texas came into town and we and we sort of brushed them aside. You know, uh, just looking at the standings now and after last night's defeat for the for the Diamondbacks to are one and nine in their last ten, they're thick bottom behind the Rockies in the NL West. So, um, look, we've got Evan Gausman, Johnny Cueto going through the mound. It two confident pitchers. I see no reason why we shouldn't go in there and minimum take a split. But uh, they're, they're nine and nine at home and, and on the road we're fourteen and twelve. So it gives it up to be an, an even couple, even couple of games, but ones that maybe we go into as favourites. Mentioned before about the bats, you know, I think we've got no even after last, last night's pitching performance. It was the, the first bad starting pitching performance really of the year where we got a blow uh, blown out. But I think you look at these two these two guys on the mound and think. They give us six six innings of one run ball or something. They're not, yeah. You know, we should heat up a little bit and uh, a few home runs hit one into the swimming pool. And uh, yeah, I'm yeah, you know, put my money on Austin Slater, of course, and uh, Donnie Barrels, who's like thirdies back. So um, I'm, I'm confident, and I think when you're going into LA with four games, if we were to you know, have a bad two game series here. After a bad series against the Dodgers, been going in there for four, it's going to feel a lot different this time next week. So, um, you know, I think it's just a confidence thing. Before last night, we hadn't lost uh, more than two games in a row. And now we have, it's three games in a row. So it's time to stop the rock.
2: Yeah, I think like you say, it's sort of come at a perfect time and that it's a two game as well. So it's sort of like, get out of San Francisco to arizona take on the diamondbacks who have won and nine for the last ten i mean they won one game against the nationals and you know they're not playing well i haven't they haven't announced who's pitching that and i haven't i didn't look back to see who possibly because you know will we see mad Bum? i don't know but it'd be nice just for the just for the fun of it but um, so-
1: so it's interesting, yeah. you, it's interesting you say that, Dave. I, just as you were saying that, I was just looking it up to see if I could ask you that as a question. Sadly, it looks like we're going to miss Matt Bum. I think he pitched yeah. on Saturday against the Rockies. So I don't think he's scheduled to be in the rotation for our trip to Arizona, which is a bit sad. I'd like to see Bum, Garner.
2: Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get him in San Francisco. But uh, yeah, it'd be good to to see him. and Because uh, he is doing well again, which is great to see, really. Even if it is with the D-backs, you know, you know, we love Madbum and we want him to do well wherever he is. So, uh, but yeah, if we can get in there, get some runs, get some hits, get some confidence up, go into LA and uh, even up the uh, season scores and then see who comes out on top, because possibly that one team will be (laughs) 4-3. Not that I'm saying we're gonna sweep the Dodgers by four. I'm not <laughs> I'm not going out that far a limb this time.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Arizona in the form guide have lost eight in a row coming into this and as Dave was saying they were one and nine. And they also just got swept by Colorado. Uh, statistically, what's surprising th- for me, is the 20th in the OPS in the league with 694, and you always think of Arizona, and you think the one thing they can do, especially with the team being built around that park, is offense, and that's not going well for them this season. Uh, They're also 28th in ERA with a um, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, third worst ERA in the league between the bullpen and rotation as well. As Zach Gallon is on the IL, so we won't be seeing him. And he usually gives us a lot of trouble going by the last two years. So everything should be set up. The way exactly the Giants want it in order to sweep. But, um, as you say, these games aren't played on paper, on paper, and we've got to make sure we go out there and get the job done. And also, um, I can't remember who points out they are nine for nine at home, so we can't take them lightly. We can't just walk in there and think, okay, they're just going to lie down and, and let us walk over them. Um, they'll be keen to get out of that NOS cellar and try and distance themselves from the Rockies. So we've just got to make sure that we go in there, perform, uh, bounce back, and make a statement before rolling into LA next week.
1: Yeah, I think you're, you're right. They can't be underestimated by any means, but as Dave was saying, this is a prime opportunity to put that Dodgers suite behind us. They move on, get a couple of wins against Arizona. It sets us up nicely for momentum as we go to L.A. for a four-game series with the Dodgers. So, yeah, putting putting behind the Dodgers' mess. Focus on Arizona. Don't take them lightly, but pick up a couple of important wins and, and move forward. That's the most important thing. I think um, I will be interested to see how we get on there. Um, like you said, that park is made for the offence. So if the Giants can get our offence going again, um, you know, guys like Donnie Barrels. It'd be nice to see Posey back hitting home runs again. Uh, yeah, good things can happen. We're we're looking forward to it. Yeah, so that's it for the uh, for our little Arizona preview coming up. Um, we were just talking about Bumgarner a moment ago, and he has thrown a no hitter this year. Now, whether it official or not? Is to be disputed. Um, but yeah, he if he was one of the the many no hitters this year, I personally think it should count, even though it was a seven inning thing. I know Ben, you've been talking about no hitters lately. Yeah, I agree with you. It should that should count, and
3: that would have made it seven. Um, you know, you can't change the rules and then take it away from him. But there's been six official no hitters. Given that there seems to be no change in the way it started, it'll probably be. Another sit by the end of eight, uh, end of <laughs> May, <laughs> you never know, or maybe by the end of June, another six or seven. <laughs> the Giants could possibly be in for a chance for one this year. And just wanted to go all oh, you guys, maybe start with you, Dave, and then and Charlie, who you think would be the best candidate.
2: We're going to add this to our pre-prediction sheet. See if we all go for someone different, getting a <laughs> bonus point. Who we would never have thought of this
3: at the start of the year.
2: No, definitely not. <laughs> um i'll go for alex wood i think i think he's, he's pitching really well and i think uh yeah if the game's called right and he's on his form i think he, he could do it i'm gonna go for alex Wood. i really like him. he's been really good since he's been at the giants
1: yeah i was thinking about wood for my pick but uh this has been a weird year for no-hitters where there's been a bunch of names of guys we just didn't expect to ever come up on the radar of throwing a no-hitter. So I'm actually going to go for Logan Webb. I'm going I'm to pick Logan Webb as my random giant to throw a no-hitter. He, he could just get the, the magic one night and everything will break right for him and he'll throw a no-hitter. Hopefully at home. I'd love to see one at Oracle Park.
0: I actually had a hot take on this on a Giants chatter admin chat in the pre-season, so I'm going to stick with that and be consistent and not, like, change my mind or anything. Um, so I went with Kevin Gaussman, but combined, because coming into season, I didn't think Cap was going to let... Like starting pitchers go into the ninth, and obviously, we've seen with Queto that if they are shown they have the stuff to do it, he is willing to let them do that. But I'm going to be consistent, I'm going to say uh, Galsman goes seven or eight, and then the classic duo of uh, McGee and then Rogers takes over to finish it off.
1: Excellent. Well, let's hope we see uh, let's hope we see one of those no hitters before the end of the year, and hopefully, in in the uh, orange and black of the Giants, and, and not against us like we worried we might see in that last game against the Dodgers. I think some Let's of us were ben sweating.
2: People. Make sure we get Ben's pick in.
1: Oh yeah, Ben, go on then. <laughs> You've got you the question now. Yeah. I want to hear what you who you yeah. like.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. To, it's hard to not say Gausman because uh, he's been so good. But like it was a good point you made, Ash. That it's not always been the Aces brain and so far this year. So maybe I'll go with uh, Aaron Sanchez when he's back off the IL. Mm. Um, yeah. know. Maybe he'll, have, he'll have a purple patch and uh you know blows someone away for the day
2: well who would have uh had chris heston throwing in yeah. there so, yeah yeah you know, so yeah like you say it is a bit of a roll of dice and uh see which starter you get but yeah
3: also if Posey's behind the plate if it does happen i think he'll be one of only four catchers ever to have caught four no hits i think i heard that somewhere So. Don't hold me to that. It might have been off by slightly, but it might be five, it might be six, but I think I remember that correctly. It was four if he if he, if he, he does it because he's caught three so far,
1: including a perfect game from Matt Kane. They should do it for Posey. If, if for nobody else, they should do it for Posey. Excellent. Okay, well, uh, before we finish up and hand over to Charlie for our prospect spotlight, let's just do a quick three up, three down. Um, I'm going to go to Charlie first and then Ben and
0: Dave. Okay, so for the player who I've been impressed with at the moment, and I did not think I would be picking him at all this season, uh, Mr. Stephen Duggar, who uh, in the... Who, since our last show, has posted an 838 OPS and he had the Grand Slam against Cincinnati right before the Dodgers series as well. Um, he does seem to have made changes to both his approach and swing. Uh, I know he did hit that Grand Slam, but he's not just trying to hit the ball over the wall anymore. He is trying to spray it around the field a bit more, which is something, as Giants stands I think we're all wanting to see him do a lot more rather than being a home run or strikeout guy like he used to be. So uh, keep it going, Stephen, and maybe can get a little competition going between uh, Mr. Duggar and Mr. Slater for, for that centre-field spot in addition to Mr. Tautman as well. And for my player who needs to improve as well, he did just get sent down, but um, Camilo Duval. And the reason I want to raise this is because I've seen some Giants fans being really negative towards him, but I think we need to remember just how young he is. The stuff is there, it's just he hasn't played above high A before, so we're talking what well, MLB's three levels above that, and I'm sure by August time, um, he'll have sorted his command out and he'll be back up in MLB and he'll be slipping back into that seventh inning role we thought he would be. And just one thing to add there, prior to last year, he was developing a change-up as well. Um, I'm guessing they kind of stopped that just due to him being at the MLB level and not having time to focus on that properly. But I think adding that pitch could be a huge thing for him if they decide to go go back and have him uh, work on that again.
3: That's great. My, uh, I'll start with my negative first, and, and the vow I had. In mind, but you've stolen him from me, Charlie. You've stolen him. So i will quickly think of my backup, which is Jake McGee. Um, he had such a good start to the year. I think we had such high hopes, uh, but he's had a few rough out ins and a few OK out uh, ins. But doesn't really feel like the safe closer that we had uh, in the first couple of weeks. So if he can get some command back. at Change it up from just throwing fastballs straight down the middle of the zone, and then that would be a help for the team. And in my my positive, I was torn between two people, uh, Mauricio Dubon and Darren Ruff. Dubon mainly because I've flated him a lot, and his defense has just been outstanding. So. Uh, he's not my up. My up is Darren Ruff, but I give him a little little heads up as well. But uh, Ruff is slowly becoming my favourite giant. You know, he, not, you know, for the year at least, anyways. He just seems to make those uh, at bats when it counts. You know, he hit some key home runs. He, he seems like a lovable guy. He's actually shown some okay defense at first, and I think he's someone where we sort of he, he contributed last year in a short season, and it was easy to think maybe that that was a one-off, you know, good good couple of months and that he'd, he'd have a slow start and we might not see him and someone like Vosler would take his place and hope that he would uh, be a part of the, the roster. But he's, you know, Darren Ruff stands his own for someone who's probably not talked about very often and no one had high hopes for, you know, and I think he's been fantastic.
2: Uh, yeah, everyone's uh, picked on my stuff. So I was going to go with Stephen Duggar, but I will go for my backup, which was, just to give him the full praise and that's Dubon. <laughs> he is uh he's getting uh hits, they're dropping in, um, but what's really impressed me is his defence has just been outstanding this year. Filling in everywhere and doing it well. But what really impressed me was him at second base. It just seems like that's his position and you know that should that be, you know, should we settle him in there, you know? he just looks so smooth and comfortable and he's he made some amazing plays like running out to the outfield backhand catches and uh you know beautiful double plays with Crawford and yeah he just seems perfect there and it, you kind of wonder if all right move him around every now and again if he needs to but give him majority of his time at second base you know let him settle in really settle in cuz it'd be amazing you know we have amazing infield as it is already, and he just makes it better. And uh, yeah, so yeah, that's my. Up. I don't have any downs, <laughs> not anymore. Anyway,
1: <laughs> <laughs> we've had enough downs with the Dodgers lately. No, I uh, I like what you said about Dubon. Definitely, I I I fully agree with his infield partnership with uh, Crawford. Uh, maybe we could see the second coming of the Joe Panic and Brandon Crawford, the Chronic infield maybe not quite but dubon has got the potential certainly i think for for my yeah (laughs) crawbot i love crawbon that sounds great it sounds like something you might eat in a sweet shop might not be very tasty but it sounds good uh but yeah i have to uh i have to stay stay there in the infield for my up i can't look beyond brandon crawford still um he's leading the team in average home runs rbi runs Uh, slugging percentage OPS he's basically doing everything Um, and even on the field he he started the most games he's he's been on on the field for the most innings he has the most assists Brandon Crawford is the 2021 Giants at the moment he's everything great about the Giants and I can't look past him for my my main guy Um, if I have to look at one player who's on on the down a bit um, I'm just going to talk very briefly about Anthony DiSclavani. he's been amazing this year um, he's been absolutely lights out. He surpassed all expectations. He did get roughed up yesterday by the Dodgers. So it's it's a bit of a down, but he, now he has a point to make. He has a point to prove in his next start, wherever that may be in four or five days' time, he'll be looking to, uh, to get his payback, whoever he faces. And it will probably be the Dodgers. Now I'm thinking about it. Now I'm looking at the schedule. His next start will come against the Dodgers. So he'll want retribution. And uh, hopefully he has a better a better day of it next time he faces them. Cool. So um, I'm just going to hand over to
0: Charlie for our prospect highlight, our prospect spotlight. Thank you, Ash. Um, I'm going to start with the San Jose Giants. Um, One thing to be careful of here is win-loss records in the minor leagues can sometimes be a bit misleading because managers are also managing to develop the players, not necessarily win the games. So one can go against the other. And before I go into San Jose, one thing to consider here is a lot of these players are playing at this level for the first time. So there is an adjustment period. And with that San Jose did start the season quite slowly, but they got a six to four win yesterday against the Fresno Grizzlies to move to 11 and seven. Uh, Marco Luciano start the season really slowly, but he has picked it up recently. He did have a two home run game last week. The two stars of the show at that level so far have been Luis Matos. uh, These, the fact, hopefully 5 tool centre fielder, who's batting 3 and had a hit a run and two RBI scored yesterday. He's probably the most likely player to get a promotion first of all from San Jose. And a bit of a surprise, Ricardo Genovese, who's batting three forty-six. He's the third uh, Giants prospect catcher behind the highly touted Patrick Bailey and Joey Bart, who I'll move on to shortly. Um, in terms of pitching, Kyle Harrison has started off like a house on fire down there as well. So, big names wise, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Luciano's only batting 226, but hopefully he'll get it going soon. Alexander Canaro did start off really hot, but he's only batting 193 at the moment. Um, to the Eugene Emerald, who got a three-two win yesterday against the. Sorry, I'm just looking them up. Uh, the Dust Devils. I can't see where they're from, unfortunately. But um, Patrick Bailey. Did have a hot start, but he's cooled off a bit. He's only batting 234, but he did have a hit and a walk yesterday. Uh, Logan Wyatt, he's he started off hot as well, but now he's only down to batting 214. Um, In terms of who's doing well down there, outfielder Ismail Munglia is batting 286. He's not someone I've really heard of, to be honest. But um, a name to keep an eye on there who's doing really well is pitcher. Um, Caleb Killian, who's had two really good outings recently and MLB Pipeline did only put him down as basically a back of the rotation starting pitcher, but he's looking more like he could be at least a mid-rotation guy, maybe someone further beyond that. In double A, I'll go straight to a person you're all waiting to hear about first, Heliot Ramos. He's slowed down a little bit, but he's still batting to 77, had no hits yesterday, although the Flying Squirrels did also have a 5-4 loss to move their record to 10-28 on the season. They did start off really hot, so slowed down a little bit. Um Sean Shelley, Sean Jelly, sorry, also started yesterday. He had a solid outing, four hits, one one run allowed, which wasn't earned a walk against eight strikeouts in five and a third innings. He threw 92 pitches in that one and did get the win as well. Um, and just oh no, on the Richmond Flying Squirrels as well, they did have a combined no hitter last week, which I believe was the first time they'd ever had a no hitter in uh, franchise history. So congratulations to them on that. And finally, the Sacramento River Cats—they lost seven nine to, I believe it was the Reno Aces. Sorry, they lost seven three to the Reno Aces. Their record is seven and nine on the season. Um, but a name to keep an eye on, who Farhan traded for earlier this season, Tharo Estrada, who's basically the third-choice shortstop if anything was to happen to Brandon Crawford or um, Mauricio Dubon. He's currently batting 355, which is a great sign, as he really struggled with the Yankees, and part of the reason they let him go was because of his bats. Uh, in terms of other players that are doing well, um, Mitchell Torman who's also a shortstop infielder. He's batting to 86 at the moment. And in terms of who started yesterday's game, Anthony Bander, who's really scrawled so far. He has a great start with a four-hit, uh, five-inning, six-strikeout shutout. And um, that's it for the prospect roundup. So names keep an eye on there. Um, going by recently, Lewis Matos should get a promotion shortly. And Caleb Killian isn't a pitcher who I really saw much of coming into the season, but he's um, slowly earnings, earning, earning his way up the ladder, so to speak.
1: Excellent. So the future is still bright for the Giants. Lots of prospects, lots of good stuff going on. Um, OK, just before we finish up this episode, um, I'm just going to give myself a cheeky plug quickly. I've just had a, a new article come out on Batflips and Nerds about none other than Kevin Gaussman, the ace of the Giants, I uh, maybe think on the bright side and start talking about NL Cy Young contention, possibly. Might be a little bit premature for that, but I got myself dreaming and and typed up a few words. So people can head over to batflipsandnerds.com to read that. It's on my Twitter, in all the usual places you'll find it. Um, Have you got anything lined up in the future, Charlie?
0: Um, I've got a few... Irons in the Fire Ash, unfortunately, it's just been uh, real life, as happens to all of us, has got a bit on top of me, but um, fingers crossed I'll get back to writing soon. Uh, one thing I've got in mind is the trio of Posey, Bell, and Crawford, and how likely they are, Like um, in percentage terms, they are to stick around. And um, my first one of those I'm planning to do on Buster Posey. And if you do want him to stick around, I think you'll be very happy with uh, what I come up with in the article for why I think there is a great chance he will stick around. But also, just some other things to plug, Ash. Please join us in San Francisco Giants UK on Facebook. I know there's been a few new British fans that have joined recently. Uh, Get involved. Tell us how long you've been a Giants fan, who your favourite players are, your origin story, etc. And also, please don't forget to join us in... Dance Chattel, which is a bigger collaboration between us and some very good american friends of ours who are mostly from the bay as well and there's a lot going on in there with uh, series previews get live game threads um, etc and a lot of our partner podcasts such as torture cast featuring eric nathanson which is the longest giants podcast going is based in there as well as is the say hey podcast with Rob and Doug who have been putting out some really great stuff recently and Rizzo cast with Stephen Rizzotto who very recently had the always brilliant Ronell Brooks Moon on there which is which was for me a really great interview and I'd highly recommend it as well.
1: Yeah Ronell's the boss, Ronell's great uh, yeah perfect um, and of course Ben guested recently on Johnny Gold's podcast so if anyone's listening Ben is available to guest on, on more podcasts to uh, spread the good giant's word and uh, yeah if you guys aren't already following us on twitter we're at splash hits pod and um yeah please like and subscribe us on all your podcasting services but yeah i think that's a wrap on this episode and um, that's goodbye from me it's goodbye from him and from goodbye me from him <laughs> and we'll see you all for the next episode thank you guys bye cheers guys bye cheers everybody cool go Giants.